Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. And welcome back to the Three Technique College Football Podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmies and the Joes. Recording this on uh, Memorial Day, it'll go up a couple days later. But uh, glad to be back here on the podcast, of course, with my two teammates just down the road, Mr. Trey Reeves on the ones and twos. Hey, it's a great day. Great Memorial Day. Happy to be off. Thank you to all those who served, and we're happy to record. And uh, in Fort Worth, or near Fort Worth, I should say, just threw his cat in the back room so that he wouldn't have to uh, <laughs> battle competing priorities, Mr. Garrett Turney. All right, yeah. Happy Memorial Day to everybody out there, especially our Tarrant County veterans. <laughs> Garrett always holding it down for the 817. Oh, yeah, 817. We're staying with it. The sun is shining brightly here in uh, North Richland Hills, Texas today. So <laughs> that's right. Well, I tell you what, you know, we we are a, a Lone Star based podcast. Very happy with our local audience. We talk about that on just a uh, on basically a podcast by podcast basis. But it's a rapidly growing show, gentlemen. We have got listeners in Fort Collins, Colorado, in Ooh. Blue Springs, Missouri. In Ontario, Canada, going north of the border. International. Play play the hits, Mr. Worldwide. Uh, Glad to have each and every one of you uh, tuned into the show. It's been a lot of fun so far, and we've got much more content coming down uh, the pike. Guys, obviously, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about recruiting so far, about kind of the direction that a lot of teams are taking heading into 2022 and then into 2023. And today's episode all about the most recent kind of quarterbacking news. This is going to be a two-part episode, I think. We'll, we'll talk uh, probably in the next one about maybe more of the national overlook, some quarterback battles to keep an eye on. But today's episode all about Eli Holstein committing to Alabama and the Arch Manning sweepstakes. What does Alabama, you know, kind of, taking the first quarterback in this class mean for Texas mean for Georgia mean for any other school that might be in the running for Arch Manning. Uh, and you know, just a, a lot to get to through all of that before we get there though, of course the housekeeping, thank you guys so much for interacting with us on social media, on our Instagram and Twitter at three tech pod. Uh, we've put up some requests for mailbag uh, questions. We've got a couple of those already in the hopper. And I think we're going to get to a couple of them today 
ultimately we'd like to be able to do a mailbag episode as well. So uh, submit your questions, submit your feedback at 3TechPod. You can also write into the show, 3TechPod at gmail.com. First, before we get to uh, this episode, want to just kind of open it up. It is Memorial Day. Any any big plans uh, on your radar, guys? Well, we are getting ready to go on a little trip to Denver, so we're just prepping for that. Um, hopefully going to expand the audience up in Colorado a little right. bit more while we're up there. But um, nothing big, just hanging out, maybe grilling out a little bit later. Yeah, you can talk to our listener from Fort Collins up there. Um, no, yeah, we're uh, we're just getting out to my parents' house. We're going to go swim in the pool for a little bit, just soak in some rays again. Just a wonderful day in Tarrant County. That's Bedford, Texas. So, again, shouting out Tarrant County. Got to <laughs> gotta love how it is over here on the correct side of the Metroplex. Uh, Fort Collins, if you have any good brewery recommendations, please. Uh, 3techpod at gmail.com. Please there send we go. that my way. That's right. Uh, about to about to start getting some food and beverage takes. Is uh, I, I think there's I think ultimately there's going to be a little bit of traveling for the Three Tech Pod crew coming up. Um, so exciting to interact with you guys. Yeah, food and beverage takes. Bring them. Let's let's have them. Uh, if if that's what you want your mailbag question to be, let's hear it. Uh, can't wait to get to that. But the topic at hand: Eli Holstein to Bama, Arch Manning sweepstakes. Uh, let's start with. Talking Hold on, about man. Eli Holstein. We do we do have to get one more voice to weigh in on this quarterback situation. True, it's true. It's my team. It's my quarterback. There we go. Yeah. And that is, I believe, a direct quote from Nick Saban after he landed Holstein's commitment. <laughs> uh, here in the Lone Star State, we are very familiar with Eli. He was formerly a Texas A and M commit. From Zachary, Louisiana, four-star prospect. Really, I, I'm not going to be shocked to see if he gets the five-star bump now that he's committed to Alabama. His uh, 247 rating is almost a 98. So clearly seen as an elite talent in this recruiting class, but was a longtime commit to Jimbo. Was actually doing a lot of uh, a lot of cheerleading, a lot of recruiting in that 2023 class. He stepped back from the class a couple of months ago and. Uh, you know, uh, the rest is history. Now Saban has gotten him to commit. The thought was that it was going to either be Alabama or Oregon. And obviously he's headed to Tuscaloosa. So off the bat, what do we think about Eli Holstein? Do do we think that the national perception of him is going to change now that he's not going to be in Aggie and now is going to Tuscaloosa? Does he get that Crimson Tide bump? I think so. I think he, when he committed to AM, he committed very early in the process to AM, and I think even a lot of Aggie fans were like, okay, we don't really know a lot about this guy. We're not sure. We trust Jimbo, but we don't really know how elite this guy is. And very, very quickly, you just turn on the tape, and Holstein is a next-level prospect. I think he will get that five-star bump eventually, especially with another year of tape on the field. He tears up really really solid high school defenses in louisiana it's not like he's playing against scrubs um louisiana has very very good high school football and he is dominating statistically so i think he has all the tools he's going to get a lot more publicity now that he is an alabama commit and i think he when he's going to get compared to these other top guys i think he will rise up well and of course winning a state title doesn't hurt you either i mean this kid can right. sling it 
this kid. I mean, I, I saw the commit and I thought this was a great pickup for the Ags. And then obviously there's a little bit of drama back and forth between them and, uh, you know, with the Saban and Jimbo uh, situation there. So uh, got to feel good if you're a Bama fan right now, both in landing a really solid quarterback prospect here, uh, but also in kind of getting a jab at Jimbo, getting a little bit of success there when things weren't necessarily rolling your way for a little bit. Right. And I mean, guys, this guy is built like a pro prospect already. Six foot four, 222 pounds. According to uh, Gabe Brooks, who's uh, one of the local recruiting analysts who's covered him for 247, guy has the arm to make all the throws, to stretch the, the field 50 yards plus, um, can throw it from hash to hash to sideline to sideline. He's going to be a very, very solid pickup for the Crimson Tide. And yeah, you're right. I mean, he's been doing it at an elite level in Louisiana, was an elite 11 uh, invitee, has also um, racked up an All-American Bowl invite. So a very, very solid prospect. My my question is, yeah, how, how much of a bump does he get now that he's been committed to Alabama? And, and ultimately, what does this say that, you know, first Jimbo was, was kind of first on the scene, right? Uh, offered him and, and took that commitment very, very early. Like you said, Trey, Saban waits a little bit longer, obviously to uh, offer and now obviously to accept that commitment, but to take that commitment when there are other five-star quarterbacks that are still uncommitted and, and most notably Arch Manning, who Alabama was in his top three for. My question is, does this mean that Eli Holstein is the best quarterback in the state of Louisiana? I think that's up for debate. I mean, he certainly plays at a higher level in Louisiana, and he certainly has the stats to back up that claim. Arch Manning's a great prospect, and anything, any praise of Eli Holstein is not a knock on Arch Manning as a prospect. But there are a lot of question marks that I just feel like the prevailing college football media, the prevailing recruiting scene just doesn't really want to ask because of Arch Manning's last name. And that is really up for debate. When you look at the two head to head, I think Holstein has a case to be the best quarterback in Louisiana. I think on this show, we are concerned about Arch Manning's level of competition. And even at that lower level of competition, who he, uh, the stats that he's putting up are not what you'd expect of an elite, elite guy. Well, and the, I'm going to go ahead and come out and say, it. I think Holstein is much better than Arch Manning. I think if this kid's name was Arch Johnson, he would be, you know, a three-star quarterback that's, you know, looking at, you know, some of the, you know, maybe ULM and, you know, Louisiana Tech in-state offers and not really going, you know, to a, a Power 5 program. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. And let's be extremely fair. This is mostly the fact that he's got that last name and, and we're knocking him for it. We wouldn't be knocking him for the fact that he's a, a good quarterback with, you know, a nice arm and, you know, can make some plays. We wouldn't be knocking him for that if he was just a normal kid. But because his name is Manning and he's been getting so much hype and he's this, you know, all-world elite prospect, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see what everyone else is seeing. And, you know, this, you know, Texas and Georgia seem to be really in on this guy. But, I mean, Saban took his guy from the same state. He took Holstein. And I'm not going to question Saban on this one. Him and Jimbo both wanted this guy. And, I mean, it's not that, you know, Kirby Smart or, um, you know, any, any of them, he's not 
bad at this. It's not that he doesn't know quarterbacks, but I, I don't know. I'm just having a really hard time seeing what everyone else is seeing when it comes to Arch Manning. I don't know that I'd go as far as saying he'd be a three-star, but we're talking about one of the highest-rated recruits of all time on 247 right now. Yeah, he's got a perfect he is, rating, right? He's got a perfect rating. And when you think about the other guys um, that have a perfect rating in the ha- in the past, you think about Quinn Ewers. You think about um, – it's a very rare thing to see a perfect rating. So – I don't know that I'd go as far as saying he'd be a, a three-star, but I, I don't see the warranting for that perfect I mean, he's not He's not a 100% can't-miss prospect in my yeah. mind. He's got okay touch. He's not got a cannon of an arm. He's got a good arm, but not a cannon of an arm. He's kind of a one-read guy right now. I'm not seeing him pick stuff apart and just look like the, the guy who knows everything that's going on in the field. And that's okay for a high school quarterback. You don't have to be right. that guy. He's also not an elite-level athlete, right? I know you know some guys can kind of get away with that. I know you know some of the concerns around even Kyler Murray coming out of high school was, you know, hey, well, he's kind of just a chunk play, deep ball guy and all that. But he was an exceptional athlete that allowed him to kind of get away with not knowing some of those things until he could get developed at Oklahoma. And so I I just, again, I'm not seeing what everyone else is seeing here and I don't see where his, you know, ceiling is like everyone else maybe thinks he's, he's got that big ceiling because he's got the last name. I don't see it. I just don't see what everyone else is seeing. And so I I get why other people might say that he's okay and he's you know going to go be good at the next level. I mean, he's certainly got the family for it and maybe, you know, his his family will teach him how to be good at the next level and help him sort of get his head straight, which can be a big factor for a quarterback. But I just I don't see the talent level that I would need to see, you know, a quarterback going to a top tier program like a Georgia or a Texas uh, or anyone else who's in the mix. Well, in, in one of our you know biggest interactions so far uh, over on on the Twitter space again at three tech pod. um we got into a thread. Uh, someone posted the stats of a couple of different quarterbacks and, you know, said, who, who, which one of these quarterbacks are you taking? And basically the, the quarterback that had the worst stats on the board was Arch Manning. Um, you know, his stats just objectively, kind of like y'all are saying, just do not line up with the stats of an Eli Holstein, right? He's he's good. He's very solid. He's not going to be a bad quarterback, I don't think. But the other thing that a lot of people don't realize or, or trade kind of like what you alluded to, where people just kind of refuse to ask a couple questions. The other thing is he's playing to a state private school football in Louisiana. He's not playing, you know, the, the best of the best competition at Newman. He's playing in a very small talent pool. Um, with guys that are not going to go be D1 athletes. Now, there, there will be some, but it's not the same level as if he's playing five or six a, uh, high school football here in the state of Texas where it's like, man, you know, any any given Friday night, you're lining up against guys that are going to go play D1 football, either at the FBS or the FCS, FCS level. And so I agree. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that transition that he's going to make still a ton of time. He's still got a senior season ahead of him. So we could see a lot of development, a lot of growth. Obviously he's had the best possible teaching out there from a quarterback standpoint, physically, mentally, he should know how to do everything. Right. Um, the other part of it is Garrett, like you said, he's, he's got a 
he's going to have to get his head screwed on straight once he goes to to a big university. All this hype, all this pressure, all these expectations. And, you know, a big part of me believes that the kid's almost set, set up for failure, not success, because he's been kind of trumpeted as the next, you know, the next Hall of Fame quarterback to come out of the Manning family. And I don't well, necessarily know that that's possible. And, and don't hear what I'm not saying. I, I think he can be successful at the next level. But and, and it's not to say that guys that come out of those, you know, lower level, you know, 2A private, it's not that those guys can't be successful. I just don't get why some of these upper level programs are throwing all their chips in on this guy when you still have recruitable players, like say like a Dante Moore, right? Dante Moore is a plus athlete, strong arm, knows what he's doing. And it seems like a lot of programs have kind of backed off of that recruitment just based on the fact that they'd rather be in it for Arch. And I think that might end up biting some teams in the butt, especially if you're a team like say, you know, Texas, where, you know, you have some question marks in your quarterback room or even with Georgia where you're saying, okay, well, when, you know, Stetson Bennett moves on, who do we have there? Mm-hmm. I just don't get why you wouldn't be in on maybe a guy who you've seen more success at the high school level, um, even if he is, you know, not playing in that competitive of a uh, high school, you know, landscape. He, he's still just playing at maybe smaller schools or lesser talent levels. Even if he is playing down at that level, I'd still want a guy like a Dante Moore or even an Eli Holstein or, you know, that kid out of California, I know that he just committed, but you could still, you know, land him or, or try to make some noise in that recruitment, especially with the NIL landscape. I, I don't get why we're throwing all our chips in here with Arch Manning. And just to interject here, like, we're not just making numbers up. Just so stats, stats-wise, stats Arch Manning last year only played in seven games, um, threw for 1,371 yards. And 17 touchdowns and four interceptions. Not bad numbers by any means, especially for only playing in seven games. But the level of competition, like you guys said, 2A private school in Louisiana. And you just turn on the tape and he looks like a man amongst boys out there. Mm -hmm. Just not, you'd expect more. And Holstein at a higher level in Louisiana as a junior, played in 15 games, like you guys said, won a state championship. Um, 3,264 yards, 29 touchdowns, and six interceptions to go along with 515 yards on the ground and 14 touchdowns. So the stats say a completely different story than the narrative that's put out there on recruiting websites and in national college football media. I, I think, you know, and, and not to not to say that, hey, if you played a small, you know, private school level that you can't be legit, right? Like, Jordan Whittington coming out of Cuero a couple of years ago here in Texas, absolutely dominated. I think there is the 3A state level. Um, you know, was rushing for like 300 yards a game against his competition. And I don't know that that question existed for him like it exists in my mind uh, for Arch before Jordan committed to Texas and then obviously has, has gone on to play receiver mostly at Texas, but has been really, really good. Um Johnny so, Manziel went to Kerrville Tyvee. That's not a 6A school in right. Texas either. Right. So you can absolutely have success coming out of these smaller school levels. And again, we're not saying that just because he plays that private school level that uh, he's not going to be good or not going to live up to the hype. I think he's a very talented quarterback. But to have a perfect rating on 247, to me, seems a little rich. And I, I think... It, it might've been Fox that put out a poll 
and I, I may just butcher this. So if I'm wrong, please let me know. I want to say the Fox college football poll or uh, post was saying there have only been three quarterbacks in the modern recruiting era that have ever garnered a perfect rating. Vince Young, Quinn Ewers, and now Arch Manning. And so their their whole thing was, you know, are all three of them going to wear the burnt orange? Vince Young, slam dunk. Didn't do anything in the pros, but, I mean, one of the best college football quarterbacks of all time. Sure, we'll yeah. see about Quinn Ewers. Um, you know, I think he I, I think he had some incorrect expectations. Going to Ohio State, expecting to, to play immediately, expecting to unseat C.J. Stroud. That didn't go well for him, so he's transferred back to Texas. And now it certainly seems like he's got – the easy street to being the starting quarterback for Texas. We'll get into that in just a minute. And now Arch Manning. Uh, Quinn Ewers, we saw him in person. I wasn't totally convinced that Ewers deserved a perfect rating either um, because when the pocket broke down and when his offensive line could not handle an Austin Westlake pass rush in that state championship game, he looked completely lost. I mean, the reads immediately went out the window. He's thrown off his back foot. I think he threw three picks in that game. So that's my question about Quinn going to a school like Texas, who does not have an offensive line right now, is what is he going to be hand, able to handle those blitzes, those different looks? I think he's going to get blitzed a lot. We'll see. Amazing arm. The dude can make any throw on the football field that you ask. And so from that standpoint, love him. I have some questions about his blitz reads and his pickups and, and what he does when the pocket breaks down. With Arch Manning, he truly is going to come into school not having any of that experience at this varsity level, this elite college football level, and he's going to have to learn. And he's going to have to learn on the fly. And so that's where, for me, the question of expectations, of all this pressure that you know as soon as he sets foot on a college campus – He's going to be the most popular guy on that college campus, mm -hmm. right? I mean, interviews, autographs, going to class. Like he's going to be hounded by the student body. Can Arch handle sitting for a year, sitting for two years, not being the stud that, you know, is leading Newman to all these wins, not being the, the Peyton Manning, the Eli Manning that just turns around a program overnight. How, how is he going to handle that? Those are my questions. Well, and if I'm Arch, I would be looking – in a little bit of a different spot, right? I don't think I would want to go to a big program like that, right? I don't think I want to go to a Georgia or a Texas. You are going to get the attention regardless of where you go. You could commit to Western Kentucky and still get media coverage. You would be a every single Saturday, let's check in on Arch and just see how he did that day, right? He's going to get the attention. So if I'm him, I'm looking for college coaches that seem to get the most out of their quarterbacks every single time. I would be looking at two places specifically if I'm him, just my opinion, right? I'd be looking at Ole Miss because I believe that Lane Kiffin could do a lot with him. Um, and he's still getting a high level of talent competition, still looking at, you know, that. The other place I might go is I might take a look at Oklahoma State. It seems like Mike Gundy always gets the most out of his quarterbacks. It seems like, you know, I mean, I don't think any of us would say that Spencer Sanders is an all-world quarterback and we're expecting him to be, you know, top line, you know, in the NFL, but man, he looks pretty good when he plays for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And so, you know, yeah. if I'm if I'm trusting, you know, one or two coaches with my development as a quarterback, I want to go to those two places because they seem to have a system in place that allows for quarterbacks to succeed. And additionally, you're getting a little bit of a break from the fact that you're not going to come in with the biggest expectations 
in the world, right? You go to Georgia or Texas or, or even Bama before they had taken Holstein. They expect you to win now. Keep the mantle going. You know, th- those are three schools that consider themselves blue bloods and they should be there every year. And so they expect you to take them to the peak, right? I, I don't know that he should want those kinds of expectations on him immediately, right? Give him a chance to develop. I think he can be a good quarterback. Just give him a chance to get his you know feet wet, get in there, learn a system, and start to develop at the college level. I don't disagree with you in practicality of where like our evaluation of Arch Manning, where he is in our evaluation. But we got to remember that this is a Manning kid and he is not going somewhere to be able to sit and learn. He, in his mind, right or wrong, justified or unjustified, he feels like he can go in and lead a school to a national championship as a You're absolutely right. just in his blood. Eli and Peyton being his uncles, it's it's an arch or Archie obviously being his grandpa, it's in his blood, right? He believes that he can go to any of these big programs, win the job, and lead them to a national championship as a freshman. That is his goal. And so, you know, I personally would love to see Gundy with an elite quarterback. I don't know that we've ever really seen him with an all out elite guy. Brandon Whedon was probably yeah, the greatest. Brandon Whedon was amazing. Okay. Woo. He Call was amazing in that system, <laughs> um, but you know, I, no, I, right, as much right. as I would love to see that, and you know, I'm surprised. I'm personally surprised Ole Miss didn't make the final cut. Um, I personally am surprised that Texas, with the QB room that they currently have, um, we mentioned Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy is also there as a four-star guy in 2022. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that Texas is basically in the final two i'm surprised that Ole miss didn't make the cut but i think it really shows where arch's head is at he wants to go to the big time school he wants to make an impact instantly and he thinks that he can lead a school to a national championship whether that's bringing texas back or continuing a future dynasty at georgia who knows but that seems like where his head is at right now well let's get into that a little bit so with alabama taking Holstein now it it certainly seems like it's Texas versus Georgia for the services of Arch Manning now he has not canceled that official visit to Alabama as of recording this podcast on May 30th so you know as far as we know he's still going to Tuscaloosa to take that visit but right now the conventional wisdom says that it's Texas versus Georgia you know Virginia was mentioned there for a little bit as well I don't think that they the Cavs have a shout out to Elliott yeah um no no Arch Manning to the Who's, I don't think is, is going I to be reality. I would love to see it, but I don't think it's happening. <laughs> but so my question becomes, if it is Texas versus Georgia, which situation sets him up for more success? And we were actually debating this before <laughs> we hit record. We do have a split room on this. So the Texas quarterback room, let, let me set the stage here. Quinn Ewers, Hudson Card. And then freshman four-star Malik Murray, who, Trey, you just mentioned, coming in from California this class. Uh, Malik looks fantastic. There were a lot of rumors that he was thinking about maybe decommitting when Ewers transferred in. He's stayed true to that commitment. Very, very talented quarterback out of California. The Georgia quarterback room, as it stands right now, Stetson Bennett, who will be gone next year, uh, Carson Beck, and then former five-star prospect Brock Vandergriff. Now, some rumors that 
with all this steam behind Arch Manning that Vandergriff considering transferring out of Georgia. Um, and in that Georgia quarterback room, man, they have had some weird, some weird stuff go down, right? Jamie Newman transfers in and then doesn't play. Dewan Mathis comes in and uh, loses the job to Stetson Bennett and then immediately transfers out to to Temple. Um, and, and, you know, now you've got Carson Beck, who served as the backup, supposedly is going to be the number two again this year, which means that five-star quarterback Brock Vandergriff is the third-string quarterback for his second straight year. So first question, Garrett, let's start with you. Which of those two schools, if it is down to Texas and Georgia, do you think is the better fit for Arch Manning? Well, if he's not going to Oklahoma State, then um, I'm going to go ahead and say if I'm Arch, I want to go to Georgia. Um, And I think the reason why, again, what we just said with him, I don't think he's all that he's cracked up to be right now. Um, But if I'm Arch, I want to go to Georgia because I think Georgia can win at a consistent level uh, without elite quarterback play. I mean, Stetson Bennett, I don't think anyone would say that he carried the dogs to their title. I think that was mostly on the back of their defense, and I think that's perfectly fine. I think that's an awesome way to build a roster. I think that elite quarterback play can get you there, but I don't think that Stetson Bennett was elite. I think he was very, very good. I'm not here to trash Stetson Bennett. I think that he's a very good quarterback. I think he'll be fine as a pro. Um, but not a Heisman candidate. Not, no, not, not a Heisman kind of candidate. He's, right. he's not going to throw up all the big numbers. Right. I don't expect him to get the invite to New York this year either. Um, And so, you know, I I think that if I'm Arch, I'm thinking Georgia. Look, for Texas's quarterback room right now, I think there's a closer path to playing time. Um, I don't think that if you're a Texas fan right now, you think Hudson Card is your answer. Um, I personally not that high on Link Murphy. I don't think that he showed enough to um, warrant as good as he was coming out. Um, He's got loads of tools. I mean, kid looks the part when he's out there, you know, throwing against the air. But for some reason, whenever you put him, you know, against live defenses, he just didn't seem to perform at the level I would have expected him to, to warrant the scholarship that he got uh, from a program like Texas. Um, Now, Quinn is the question here. Um, For me, I don't know that I'm overcoming Quinn Ewers if I'm Arch Manning. I think Quinn is a good quarterback, Um, kind of like to what you just said. You know, he kind of does struggle when it comes to the pressure. Uh, but as, and I'll, I'll go on a slight tangent here, uh, I went to Trinity High School in Euless, Texas. We played them in the playoffs a few years ago, and Quinn didn't miss a throw. I, I have never seen anything so impressive and so defeating as a fan mm-hmm. of, you know, that team. He, he was lighting it up. Now, we didn't get great pressure on him, so he lit it up. You know, a few games later, they got, you know, destroyed by <laughs> Cade Klubnik and his crew. Um, but... I just kind of think if you are Arch here, you're thinking, you know, Quinn's probably got this job. Quinn's going to develop. And I don't know that I trust Texas in that situation right now with a lot of uncertainty on the offensive line, a lot of uncertainty with where they're going. I don't know that I trust that. Uh, So if I'm Arch, I'm going to Georgia. I'm going to go ahead and stamp my ticket there. And I'm going to, you know, play with the team that I don't think I have to be as good as quickly uh, if I'm Arch. Yeah, yeah, I, you. yeah, I think I'm with you on a couple points there, Garrett. I do think from a standpoint of which school needs Arch to be great, 
which school needs Arch to be the top quarterback in the class? I think it's Texas over Georgia. You look at the talent that Georgia has stacked up. Like you said, Garrett, they just won a national championship with Stetson Bennett taking most of the snaps at quarterback. And again, no shade on Stetson Bennett. We love Stetson Bennett as a player. He's a great college quarterback. He was not highly recruited. And that's just a testament to, one, the development of Georgia um, and the talent that they have around him. I don't right. think anyone, you know, Stetson was huge in a few games, but I don't think anyone would say that Stetson Bennett is the reason that Georgia won the national championship Absolutely. last year. No one would say that. So if Texas is going to win a national, if Texas shocked the world and won the national championship in 2022, what would you guys say the reason is? It's Quinn Ewers. It's Quinn Ewers. Absolutely. And like, Xavier Worthy, not, but Quinn Ewers. Maybe be John Robinson, but it's they had Bijan Robinson last year and they didn't have the quarterback but it would, people forget yeah Tom Herman literally forgot about him that's true um but if Texas was going to shock the world it would be Quinn Ewers and that's not changing you look at how Texas has recruited yes they've had top 5 classes but they are completely unbalanced towards the skill positions um, instead of offensive and defensive line, linebackers, defensive players, things like that. Texas has gotten a ton of top talent at the wide receiver and defensive back and running back positions and quarterback, but not the interior guys that you need to like, like Georgia, like Texas A&M, like Alabama. So Texas would need Arch to be elite quicker than Georgia would if they're going to be successful. I, yeah, I, I certainly agree that Texas to reach elite heights needs an elite quarterback, right? I mean, the case for what Georgia did last year, I think is a little bit against the mold, although they've always said defense wins championships. And for sure, Georgia's defense won this championship last year. I I don't think anybody's going to disagree. Not that the offense was bad. I mean, they, Put, could put up points in a hurry. Florida found that out yeah. in the, uh, the world's <laughs> greatest, uh, biggest cocktail party. But it wasn't Stetson Bennett that won them that national championship, right? When you think of one entity, one aspect of that team, it's going to be that historic defensive line and that historic defense. So, Trey, I agree with you that Texas probably needs him to be elite more than Georgia does. If I'm Arch, I would pick Georgia um, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, it's it's an awesome campus. It is an awesome place to go to school, first and foremost. You're going to have a great time there. I love kind of the vibe of Athens and, and that campus more than I do personally Austin, but that's that's my own, you know, personal opinion, Not sure. certainly not what he's going to be thinking or should be thinking. Um, secondly, and I, and Trey, we debated this a little bit before we hit record. So I think we'll get into that now. I think there's an easier path, uh, for him to really make, make a statement and and be of value to Georgia than there is Texas. Now, Quinn Ewers, if he turns out to be the promised one, then sure. Texas is going to be, you're going to be sitting, right? You're not going to be beat out Quinn Ewers, but for me, with Georgia, Stetson Bennett's about to be gone. Carson Beck has not done, has not proven anything, right? He hadn't had a chance to prove anything other than continuing to lose out to Stetson Bennett 
in the the quarterback hierarchy. And then you got Brock Vandergriff who's sitting there who guys in this era of transfer portal, Vandergriff may not be a Georgia Bulldog for very long. And now not not reporting anything there, but there are some rumors <laughs> out there that if Vandergriff can't at least beat Beck for the number 2 quarterback spot like Beck did to him last season, that Brock might look elsewhere. And you know, again, in this age of transfer portal, NIL, five-star very talented quarterback, it's hard to blame the kid. So to me, the Georgia quarterback room for years has been unsettled. And I think, to me, it still is unsettled a little bit. Stetson's going to be the starter this year, no doubt about that. But going forward, Georgia is in need and is in in real search of QB1 of the future. And I think if Arch wants to come in and be that quarterback and be that guy that you know immediately just says, get on my back, here we go to another national championship game, I think it's with the Bulldogs and Athens. Yeah, and I think I never actually, I don't think I actually made my pick of where I would go if I was Arch. I agree with you guys. I think I would pick Georgia. The it, If you're looking at the risk reward, I think you're definitely more likely to win a national championship at Georgia. If you do win a national championship at Texas as a starting quarterback, you are a legend. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. All-time college football great. We're yeah. talking about you up there in the top five quarterbacks of all time just because of where that program's been since Colt McCoy walked out the door and how hungry that fan base is for real success. So I'm with you guys. I, if I were arch and I was down to Georgia and Texas, I would lean Georgia. But if you want to be the all time great, like arch, I know thinks he can be, then that Texas opportunity is staring you right in the face. Right. And I said, you know, again, I thought that if I was Arch, I would pick Georgia. As a bystander, I think he should go to Texas. I think that if you're just looking at straight up what the room is, he's immediately, in my opinion, QB2 the day he walks on campus behind Quinn. Whereas, you know, I don't know where he lines up with Beck and Vandergriff. You know, I don't know where he lines up in that, you know, room right there. And my little, you know, secret here is we talked about it with viewers I don't think he does that well. I think he's going to kind of fall flat a little bit. I don't know that he is the answer for Texas right now. He's another one that you have all the expectations in the world. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be, with Arch and Ewers, it's going to be almost impossible to live up to that expectation. Oh, for sure. You haven't taken a snap on a college Well, and my thing with Ewers, too, is I think that obviously he can make the throws, but we talked about it a couple times now. He has struggled under pressure. And if he, let's say that he comes out and in the first couple games this season, right, he comes out as the starter and he does okay in his first game, but it's not that much competition. But then he gets sacked, I don't know, more than five times against Bama, right? Which I think is certainly a possibility with Will Anderson and with as much inexperience as will be on the Texas O-line. Um, and that's just to say that the inexperience is actually good. Right. We don't know how good these freshmen are going to be as they come in. We certainly think they'll be okay, you know, with as many good freshmen as they have coming in. But we don't know how good they're going to be, how quickly. If he gets sacked five times, six times, you know, that could really mess with his head. And then he's got to get it right. You know, as soon as that starts to get messed up as a quarterback and you start to second guess yourself and you think that you're getting rushed when you're not and you feel the pressure off the edge and you panic. Then you start to compound some of those bad performances. And he's got to get this thing right by the time they hit the Red River. 
you know, because if he doesn't get it right, then Oklahoma's going to give him some problems. You know, Baylor at the end of the year is going to give him some problems. Oklahoma state certainly isn't going to roll over. And so he could have some issues coming up quick. And that's actually kind of how I think this season will go for Quinn. Now, if he's mentally strong enough to overcome that, that's great. We just don't know how the kid's going to do with his mentals, right? With the in-between the ears. Um, he, he could be really good and he could overcome the bad Bama game. Maybe he sets his expectations low and says, look, this is going to be tough. I'm going to get hit, but I just got to take that as a one-off. If he does that, I think he can overcome that. I don't know that he goes into it with that mentality, though. I think he thinks that he'll be really, really successful against Alabama. I don't know that that's the expectation. So, again, if I'm Arch, I think I pick Texas because I don't think Quinn's going to be all there, and I think that this decision becomes a lot easier about halfway through the season. Interesting. The, you know, the other the other thing, and maybe the last thing that we can say on this before we move into kind of the last topic uh, surrounding Arch and, and getting him to commit and the value there. The other thing is these two coaches that – hypothetically he's down to with Sark and with Kirby Smart. Not exactly quarterback whispers. I know Sarkeesian is maybe starting to kind of, you know, rest on the fact that, hey, like, you know, I coached, you know, Bryce Young and um, Mac Jones, right? He's, he's had some success as an offensive coordinator helping develop quarterbacks. But when you go back and look at quarterbacks that he's coached when he's been the head coach, the, the most prominent one is Jake Locker, um, which is not exactly a feather in in his cap, I don't think. I, that's, that's first round draft pick, point. Jake Locker, to you, Mitch. Well, <laughs> sure. Um, I, maybe I could be wrong. I feel like that was a really thin quarterback class. It absolutely was. It was, yeah. 100%. Went, it was well, reminiscent of this year. Another yeah. good quarterback, but nothing to write home about. Well, and he didn't do anything in Tennessee either. So, you know, to but me... But neither did Vince Young, so... To me, I don't think that Sarkeesian can can really talk about, hey, like, look at the quarterbacks I've developed. But neither can Kirby Smart. Uh, you know, Georgia Georgia really, since Matt, Matt Stafford, hasn't had a quarterback that was just elite, right? I mean, I don't think anyone would say Jake Fromm was elite, right? He was okay. No. I mean, they had Fields, but then he left, so that doesn't count. Right, right, and and they kind of ran Justin Fields out of town. Bad That's another thing, part. too, is Kirby has not shown, and obviously he's won a national championship, so we can't 